If you're looking for a podcast for tips on maintenance for your automobile for summer driving. Um, since summer's almost over. <laughs> well, you know, summer just keeps getting longer and longer these days. Well, yeah. Uh, but look. We're, 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 go ahead. Well, look, we're, I haven't changed an oil, the oil in a vehicle since my 20s, so. Uh, this really is not that podcast. No. You are definitely in the wrong place. Oh, yeah. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. I remember your old oil changing shirt. It was that yellow button down that you kept spilling stuff on. And so you decided that you were just going to change the oil in it because you kept spilling stuff on it and I couldn't get the stains out anymore. I do. I re- it was yellow. Pale yellow. I'll take your word on that. because With a lot of, like, you know, spaghetti sauce, uh, you know, roast beef. Chocolate. All kinds of, you yeah. know. Mustard, probably, since it wouldn't come out. Uh, yeah, darker yellow than yeah. the shirt. Yeah. Although yeah. we could have made the whole shirt yellow if we had soaked it in a vat of mustard. mustard, but, yeah. Uh, but, but no. But no, we, 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 we didn't. Oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast. Oh, sorry. Uh, welcome to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Uh, I'm Stan the Movie Man. I uh, can, uh, I haven't for a while, but I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, movie, or excuse me, X, on, at Movie Man Stan. You can also follow me on Threads and Spoutable. Both of those are at StanTheMovieMan. You can follow the podcast on X. It is at CT Marriage. Uh, if you have something that you would like to let us know in a longer form, uh, perhaps something you'd like us to watch and talk about on the podcast, you can send that to us via email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Joining me, as always, is my significantly other half. I am so other. Uh-huh. I am so far other. I'm like, you know, out on the porch. Oh. But this week I'm... You You look like that hurt your brain. I, <laughs> I was just trying to connect the dots and hit a wall. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and that hurt your brain. A little bit. Yeah. yeah so, anyway, this week you are... I am Maud the Cracked Broad. I figured as much. Well, you know, it's, it's you didn't leave me a lot of choices, Stan. That's true. Uh, you could have been the Worldly Broad. Um, yeah. But it's not as good as crack. Didn't though. I do that recently? I'm sure you have. I, eventually, I, we're going to be know. we're, we're going to run out of words. those anyway. So uh, anyway, it was my choice this week for movie to select, and I went through a process. Yeah, you did. I I can't wait to hear what your process was. Well, last <laughs> week, we last episode we watched. Suddenly, last summer, yeah, uh-huh. a movie that I had seen bits and pieces of mm-hmm. in my childhood, on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon movie on the local station mm-hmm. back when they used to do that, and I got to thinking, what are some other movies from my youth that maybe I want to revisit? You had seen pieces of this before. Oh, I think I've seen the whole thing. Really? Yes. I had no idea that this movie existed. But it, yeah, well, 
as you and very, very many other people don't know either. But um, my, my recollection of seeing it the first time was when I was about nine years old. Oh, wow. We, uh, I had an aunt and uncle, my, uh, my dad's sister and her husband, who lived in the Chicago area. And my grandparents, his parents, uh -huh. went up to see this aunt and uncle. And we went up to uh, bring the grandparents home. Which aunt and uncle was it? Uh, aunt Bill. Okay. Gotcha. Of course. I should have remembered that. Duh. So, uh, we went up to the Chicago area, the suburb of Chicago. To get the grandparents and bring To get the grandparents. And while we were there, we spent a week in the Chicago area. And that's where I first went to the uh, Museum of uh, Industry up there in Chicago, cool. as well as the aquarium. Uh, actually, we didn't go to the aquarium. We went to the uh, planetarium up there. Sweet. Uh, and that's why I wanted to go back when you had that conference yeah. up there and do some of those things again. Oh. But uh, while we were there, on a day we didn't go out and do anything, um, I remember sitting sitting at my aunt and uncle's house and watching a movie on the TV. And this movie scared the crap <laughs> out of me. Granted, I was nine. I wish I knew this story before we watched well, it. Well, that's why I'm sharing it now. I had no idea. So... Um, so it scared the bejeebus out of you. It, it did quite a bit because I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is going to happen. We keep we keep testing nuclear weapons and it's and it's eventually going to make a crack in the world, which is this week's movie uh, uh -huh. called Crack in the World. Uh, it is from 1965. I was a mere babe. Yes, uh, and obviously I didn't see this when it came out. Uh, it, it was airing on TV by then. Um, it uh, stars Dana Andrews, which is probably the only name anybody m old enough may remember from this cast. It was the only one I, I knew. They're uh, also starring Jeanette Scott, Kieran Moore, Alexander Knox. Um, it is a story of a scientist played by Dana Andrews. Um, he is Dr. Steven Sorensen. He is working on a project to provide limitless free energy to the world. Free, clean, and everlasting. Yes. What his plans are uh, is to, to drill into the Earth's crust, get down to the mantle, and then when, that, when the uh, liquefied rock from the mantle comes up... Magma. Yes. It will, uh, it will then generate, uh, it will then be funneled into steam plants to create energy um, and to, you know, turn turbines, kind of like what they do with uh, nuclear plants now. But he's having a problem. He's, uh, he's got two major problems. First is there is a layer just below the crust that is extremely hard and he can't cut through with normal means. Plus, uh, drills don't like to work down that far because it's very, very hot, mm -hmm. and it melts the drill bits. So his plan, if a commission of uh, military leaders and political leaders approve it, 
is to launch a missile down into the hole they've drilled and bust through that layer. That missile is a nuclear missile. Um, it's a bomb. It's a big bomb. And they uh, then that will puncture through that layer and the magma can come up and they can have access to all that heat energy mm -hmm. to, to create electricity. Uh, he believes it is the thing that will save the world. What could go wrong? Quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Uh, his uh, uh, co-scientist, uh, Dr. Ted Rampion, uh, played by Kieran Moore, uh, believes what will happen is, due to the uh, cracks in the crust caused by nuclear testing, they will become fissures and it eventually will split the Earth in half the seas will rush into the hot core, and it will create a steam explosion that will blow the world apart. Sounds bad. That's not good. Um, uh, Dr. Sorensen is married to Dr. Maggie Sorensen, a much younger woman, played by Clearly. Jeanette Scott. Trophy wife. Yes. Um, and um, he has... Uh, a secret, Dr. Sorensen does. Uh -huh. He's got some sort of disease. Um, it, uh, they never say it's cancer, but they're treating it with x-rays, which sounds like a terrible idea. But um, he has a disease, and his doctor tells him it is out of control. And a very strange question, uh, Dr. Sorensen asks, is it malignant? Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, you about to die. So he, yeah, so he knows he doesn't have much time left, so he wants to uh, finish this project and be remembered after his death as this great man who solved all the world's energy problems. Uh, at the same time, Maggie, his wife, is interested in having a baby, but for some reason, he doesn't want to try to impregnate her before he dies. Seems like sort of short-sighted on his part. Hey, he's, got a, a, he's got other stuff on his mind. Well, he does, but at the same time, I would like to enjoy whatever time I had left if I knew I was dying, and that may involve somebody's naughty bits. Some, so, some connubial bliss. Yes. So, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, Dr. Rampion and Maggie Sorensen were previously lovers, but uh, Doc, Mr. Dr. Sorensen set uh, Ted off on an expedition and essentially stole her. He swooped in like a vulture. Yes. Um, and, um, the, and robbed the cradle. Yeah. The, uh, the commission that oversees whether he can use the bomb or not approves his use of the bomb, but uh, Dr. Rampion uh, goes and speaks to the head of the council. He says, well, maybe we need to study this at least for 24 more hours. Sadly, it's too late. Uh, that and the fact that uh, uh, Sorensen is not answering the phone as the test gets closer and closer. He launches the missile. He gets his magma. But just as Dr. Rampion suggested, it is creating a crack in the world and if they can't figure out a way to stop it, the 
earth will be destroyed. There's a crack in the world and as we know, know it. it. And yeah. um, copyright infringement. Right. Um, well, I, that's parody, and I think that's okay. Um, as I said, I saw this movie when I was a child, and it freaked me out. I'm thinking a nine-year-old brain. This would have been a lot to process. There was another movie that I almost, um, we almost watched. Uh, that is called When Worlds Collide. It is from actually earlier, 59. And that is... Which is the same year that Suddenly Last Summer was. Yeah, okay. Yes. So, and, as an aside. Yes. And it is uh, astronomers discover the, uh, a star and a, a rogue star and a rogue planet orbiting it are headed for Earth. Uh, the, the star is going to uh, mess up our orbit and cause earthquakes and stuff like that, but the planet is going to hit us, destroying the Earth. So There are no good options there. This group of scientists uh, builds a rocket ship and they're gonna launch it uh, to Knock them out of the way? No, uh, they're gonna put as many people as they can get on it. Oh, they're gonna populate another planet with the people on the the rocket? Yes. That sounds like a real good idea. Yeah, Um, there is no planet B, as we know, at least nowhere close. Uh, So, you know, science, you know, whatever. Uh, doesn't, don't let that get in the way of a, of a movie idea. Yeah, special effects too, which we'll talk about in a few, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but anyway, we almost watched that. That one, that one also did a number on me. Well, yeah, that's that's like uh, a that brain. That probably messed me up worse than a crack in the world. That that's they're both. I mean, for for a for a little guy. Yeah. That's kind of mess with your mind. Yes. Now I love science fiction. Yeah. Um, always have, uh, but these two seemed like, in my young mind, plausible. That, you know, we, we're, we'll do something and uh, we'll, we'll do something to the planet that will make it unlivable or just outright destroy it. We're gonna break the world. And, and by, because of our hubris and our, um, and, and our uh, willingness to take chances that maybe we shouldn't take, as they say in Jurassic Park, and I'm going to screw this up, but uh, you w- you worked so hard to prove you could, you didn't think about if you if should. You should. Uh, or something similar to that. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it was compared at the time to the Cold War and the Worlds colliding or crack in the world? Crack in the world. Okay. Uh, crack in the world was compared at the time to the Cold War between the Soviet Union and the United States and uh, how, you know, a nuclear weapon, which we watched Oppenheimer, uh-huh. and he thought it would be the key to world peace because who would want to have... Uh, who would want these bombs raining down on their country uh, we, that they'd, they'd have to negotiate for some sort of arms control, but instead we've just used it to scare the bejesus out of uh, both sides. And this nuclear weapon, which was supposed to be the salvation of mankind uh, in cracking the world, 
uh, to provide free, limitless energy has actually doomed us to death. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's bleak uh, for well, the most part. They're both um, incarnations of the late 50s, 60s version of a doomsday thing. Mm -hmm. Like the disaster films of the 70s were things like, you know, the Poseidon Adventure and all of the airport movies mm -hmm. where, you know, and Towering Inferno and mm -hmm. Volcano This and Fire Truck That. And, and Earthquake. And Earthquake, yeah. All of those things where um, we tend to go through cycles of um, fascination with doomsday, doomsday stories. Mm-hmm. So these two that you've talked about, and, and especially Crack in the World, is a, a version of a doomsday story. I actually thought maybe that our watching Oppenheimer two weeks ago might have prompted you to choose this one. No, it was, it was the memories of seeing bits and pieces Having of seen suddenly it. last summer and not understanding what exactly what, what I it was, was watching. A different kind of doomsday. Yes. Wow. Uh, and then and then remembering this movie that I watched all the way through. Um, did you have bad dreams? Do no, you remember? I, don't, I don't believe I had bad dreams because of that one. I did have <laughs> bad dreams because of Dark Shadows. Oh my God, me too. Yeah. Oh, and, terrifying Barnabas Collins and those oh, no, teeth. No. I didn't worry about Barnabas. It was Angelique, the well, witch. Well, yes, yeah, she was scary too, but yeah. beautiful scary. Well, ish. Plus, I was of an age where beauty didn't really, you know, play into it. didn't it. affect you the way it would later. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Barnabas Collins and the Fangs. Scary. They did a whole long story arc on Dark Shadow, and I realize this is way off topic. Yeah, well, you know. But, you know, like we've ever really it's stayed It's our podcast, so whatever. Um, they did a whole long arc where Angelique was making a woman who loved Barnabas have dreams and she had to select a different door to go into and I think the plan was to lock her into a dream state for the rest of her life so that she couldn't be with Barnabas. Somebody loved Barnabas or she? Yeah, a, a, a woman that loved Barnabas that wasn't Angelique. Because was Angelique, it wasn't Julia, was it? I, I, I don't remember. I, I'm very lucky to have pulled Angelique out of thin air. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember who it was. There was one character, and I think she was a character who looked like an earlier, ver uh, uh, somebody who lived in the 1800s that Barnabas knew. And was in love with. Don't know. Uh, so anyway, but again, that's beside the point. But the this dream of making this character have dreams made me have, have dreams. dreams of Angelique trying to kill me. I I just remember for for years. I mean, because okay, so. Again, way yeah. the heck down the garden path. But I have an older brother, and he was mean to me when yeah, we were yeah, children. Yeah. And, I did too. and he, he was to me. Too. Oh, he was. <laughs> he was. He probably wins the mean big brother contest. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, um, Reed was mean to me 
um, when we were kids and he um, when he found out that there were things that that he could make me watch that would scare me he would make me watch them and dark shadows was one of those things mm. and for years I would sleep with the cover up to my ears because I didn't want my neck exposed because somebody was going to come in and bite my neck <laughs> and I, I still kind of do that sometimes but it's not because I'm afraid of being bitten now it's usually just because I'm uncomfortable um, the thing with my brother who is as I will tell him frequently significantly older than I am true statement um, if I did if I didn't do something to his liking like he tried to teach me to ride a bike and I was a, a fat weak kid and I could not get up the hill next to our house in the yard between the back the side the backyard and the front yard yeah. there was a hill uh, and I had to be able to ride up that hill and you know turn around in the front yard and ride back down again and I could never get over that hill it's not a huge hill but for whatever reason, I just couldn't do it. And he said, well, tonight the ghosts are going to come. <gasps> no, that is so mean. And he had like ball bearings or marbles or something. And we had a, a desk with a chair, a wooden chair yeah. next to, um, between our beds. Because we, we shared a bedroom, yeah. twin beds. And I remember the desk and chair. Yeah, yeah, it was that desk and chair. Yeah. And he would roll the, the marble or whatever it was and, and, and make noises. And God, it's so just, mean. He loved to torture me. Big brothers just suck. Yes, they do, until they don't. Until they don't. Uh, so when does that happen? The don't think, the don'ting. I think you have to be big enough to bloody their nose, which is what I did. Uh, Do I, I know that story? Uh, I it, it's not a story. It's just you know. Something it's just a that thing happened. that happened. Yeah. Because um, I, I beamed mine in the in the head with a metal rake. <laughs> he bled like a stuck pig. Well, oh, Mama yeah. thought he well, was going to die. With, you got him with the tines, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I no, pussyfoot around. I mean, I, wouldn't, I he upset me. I don't remember the specifics of how and why I hit him in the but nose. But you clocked him. But I, I punched <laughs> him in the nose. And I think this might have been before. No, I was six. So this was later. He had a real problem with nosebleeds and sinus yeah. issues when he was... Younger. When he was a kid, yeah. When we had our tonsils, we had our tonsils taken out at the same time. Yeah. So we shared a a, a a a hospital room, and then he went back immediately after recovering from the tonsillectomy and had sinus surgery. Ooh. So Ooh. I think he must have either been in college by this point when when the punch occurred. And I, I think he was trying to teach me to box. Why? I don't know. But I got I got one in. I tapped him right on the end of the nose. And, and it blew it open. Just, it just it, it bled, bled like a stuck pig. So uh, apparently the doctor did not do a real good job on that sinus correction surgery. Or they were also trying to keep his nose from bleeding so much. But anyway. Uh, but yeah. Uh, big brothers suck. Big brothers suck. Until we can make them bleed, yes. apparently. And then, then they go, yeah, 
okay, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Now, Reed still sucked after that. Uh, well, yeah, and so did my brother, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. Anyway. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we all, we all went through our growing pains in one way or another. But and being scared by older brothers yes. with marbles and ball bearings and woo, yes, and yeah. scary noises and it's shaking stuff and yeah. But Dark Shadows and these two movies scared you. Yes, they did. Uh, but I love Dark Shadows. I would watch it every time, especially in the summer when I didn't have school. Oof. I would just, I would be glued to to Dark Shadows. You're not right. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, because after all, I did make you watch this movie. Now, I'll say, I was not the best judge of films when I was nine years old. Well, none of us was. Yes. Um, and it, it, the movie scared me until the very end. And it was like, huh, that doesn't look good at all. Uh, because they managed to pull some rabbit out of a hat and redirect the crack they think they're going to stop it but instead what happens is it changes direction and instead of going all the way around the world um, and splitting the world in half it, it 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 goes back and starts heading back towards whence it came the original hole that they made with the nuclear weapon and then when when it gets there a uh, big chunk of the Earth's crust is supposed to blow off into space and create a new moon. Now, the special effects in this movie, there's a lot of um, uh, B-roll, a lot of... Yeah, uh, what looks like stock footage. Stock footage of volcanoes and stuff and some, some model work. My, that, wild animals running through the through the planes. Right, well, and, but, you know, the model work is mostly in one scene where a, a train is uh, oh, yeah. heading for catastrophe. And, um, you know, for the time, that was pretty good. I mean, right now it looks like a toy train uh, on a background that looks like something that you would make that you were going to take to science uh, a diorama fair, take to the science fair with a volcano that you know erupts in the middle of it but um, as far as these things go it's it wasn't terrible at the time <laughs> uh, now looking back on it with all the digital uh, effects we see in pretty much every movie even ones that aren't about superheroes or space people um, there's a lot of digital manipulation of backgrounds. Oh, sure. Um, you know, especially if it's a period piece and they want to show you downtown Los Angeles from 1959 or something, they will, uh, they'll recreate it digitally. Mm -hmm. And you can't really tell the difference unless it's badly done. We're pretty spoiled oh, and yeah. pretty jaded because of... of the the age we are and the advances in so many different kinds of technology that we have seen develop over the course of our lifetime is really um, quite astonishing mm -hmm. how the how differently things are done 
um, we took a break. Um, did we take a break in the middle of this or was it after it was over that we had gone into the kitchen? Um, anyway, I, I, I think, I think we needed, we, we, we needed took a break. A potty break. Yeah. Okay. So we went to the kitchen, get a drink, go to the bathroom. And I, I remember saying to you, well, I just think these special effects are just stunning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't the only one. For, for the time, it was, you know, probably pretty woohoo. From, from uh, the um, press at the time, uh, Variety Magazine wrote that it was more believable than the usual science fiction premise and praised its special effects. Uh, Howard Thompson of the New York Times, again from the, from the era, called it, quote, the best science fiction thriller this year, unquote. Time Out London called it awesomely credible, unquote, uh. and described the ending's imagery as disturbing. I was disturbed for a completely different reason. Um, well, yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it is a 1965, probably filmed on as cheap a budget as they could, um, science fiction film of the period and um, you know it's it I guess it, in that time of huge fear about the possibility of nuclear annihilation uh, that was just in your face all mm -hmm. the time and you were being told to duck and cover if you were watching those films in school to get under your desk oh, when the nuclear flash went off. Disaster drills. Yes, um, and uh, I remember in junior high school watching a film from the 50s about, uh, in, a, in a science class, uh, a film from the 50s about the effects of fallout on the human body. Uh, well, yeah, that's terrifying even now. And I think that was the first time I saw a um, a simulation of somebody vomiting uh, in in a film, and you know, is this this old man puking up whatever he had in his mouth um, into a paper bag? And <laughs> it was like, yeah, we're we're all th that's what's going to happen to all of us. You well, you had seen real people vomit. Well, I Long had really wanted. Well, yeah, uh, but watching somebody else do it's completely different. Yes, it is. Um, and then, you know, later on, years later on, uh, I watched a TV movie called The Day After. You know, I still haven't seen that. It's pretty grim. Yeah, I mean, well, it, I mean, it's a grim topic. It is, but, I mean, it's it's really, really, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of... Coming up in a future podcast, everybody. Great. Um, but, um, yeah, it, uh, it it doesn't, this movie doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic score. But, um, yeah, it really got to me when I was a kid. Sure. Now that I am... Grown. Five plus decades older. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. You think the visual effects are just stunning? Well, I wouldn't say that, but for the time, it was it was good. I could just see the headline across Variety. Critics say, Crack in the Earth, Visual Effects, Boffo. 
<laughs> or words to that effect. Um, and I don't have any idea about box office for this. It was, oh no! It was. Uh, it, it had a budget of eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Which, Which at that time would have been enormous, I would think. Well, I, I haven't done the conversion, but it's got to be several million dollars yeah, well, in today's yeah. money. Um, and I, I love the poster because it is so over the top. Uh, and the tagline at the top of the poster says, Thank God, it's only a motion picture. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Here's, here's what it looks like. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cracking the world. Yeah. And I have not been able to, I mean, like, I've had to look it up more than once. It's like, cracking the world, cracking the earth, cracking the world, cracking the earth. Yeah. I, crack, I, crack, 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 crack. First time I looked it up, I looked up cracking the earth. Yes. And and it was like, oh, maybe it's world. And then, then, I, then I found it. Uh, crack. Yeah. Looking at it through twenty-first century eyes, it's it's not a good movie. I mean, there are films from the period that certainly hold up and before, but um, I, it's, yeah, no the 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 melodramatic. Um, pseudo love story and and the the whole thing about um you know the the guy who doesn't want to go through with the test is this righteous crusader who's trying to protect the world and then Dana Andrews is this um uh, mad scientist essentially mm-hmm. who is trying to cement his legacy before he dies and will let nothing stand in his way. It, 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 the only thing that could have made it more obvious is if he had had a long black mustache that he could twirl. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a good movie. I need to become more familiar with Dana Andrews' body of work because I know that he was an actor that my mother liked. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he was quite the quite the box office star back in the day um this would have been later in his career um although doing the math he was born in 1909 yeah doing the math he in this film he looks so much like a senior citizen and he was younger than we both are (laughs) yeah (laughs) sitting here and i'm like "Eh, that's, that's not right but this performance he may have just been one of those strong, silent types. I don't know. I know that he made, like, war films back in the day and stuff. Um, well, everybody did. So being, you know, sort of wooden and intractable might have been his stock and trade. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but this performance was pretty, like, he was a dang mannequin. Yeah, um... But everybody else was, too. But he was incredibly busy in 1965 alone. These were when they were released. Mm -hmm. He was in The Satan Bug. Oh, Lord. you know is going to be a quality piece of work. And it sounds so happy. Yes. In Harm's Way, which is probably a military picture, uh, Crack in the World, Brainstorm, Town Tamer, 
Having a clue. Yeah. Uh, Berlin, appointment for the spies, uh, and the loved one, and Battle of the Bulge. All released in 1965. Good Lord. Now, how many of those did he star in, and how many were just supporting roles? Little feature Couldn't roles. Tell you. I and wonder if he was sober yet, because he was um, uh, he was an alcoholic, battled with that addiction, um, finally got sober. Um, oh, look. Andrew struggled struggle with alcoholism, but eventually won the battle and worked actively with the National, Drug, National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. Mm -hmm. during, 19, during 1972, he appeared in a television public service announcement concerning the subject. It doesn't say uh, when he got sober. I'm going to do a different search. Um, unfortunately, he passed away due to Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Uh, in 1992. Well, he, he passed away due to congestive heart failure and pneumonia. But yeah. Had battled Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. So Okay. Because uh, just because they're big-time movie stars don't mean they don't have troubles. Huh. It says here Dana Andrews struggled with alcoholism during the latter part of his acting career. He became an advocate for those struggling with addiction, appearing in a PSA in the 70s, and working closely with the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. Um, hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, he, um, yeah. the New York Times, um, his headline from his obit, Dana Andrews, film actor of 40s, is dead at 83. And that was published in 1992 um, when he died. Well, uh, I think his first film um, was probably in the... 30s. Uh, 1940. 1940 was his first one. It was his debut, Lucky Cisco Kid, in 1940. I'm thinking that was a Western. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. He made. He was in four w movies in 1940 alone. alone. Oh, man. The contract system just had them cranking out stuff oh, like yeah. crazy. In 41, um, he was in one, two, three, four. Four, four more movies. Uh, only in one in 42. Well, the war, so... Yeah. But he was in movies in 43. Uh, he may have been doing a lot of, like, USO tours and stuff in 42, possibly. Yeah, possibly. He, he may... In 42... He was handsome. In, in, 40, in 41, he would have been in his 30s. Yeah, he was born in 1909, so, so in 39 he, he would have been 30. He's, so. he's probably too old to be in the Army. In his 30s? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when the cutoff was or... Anyway. Um, they probably needed him on the home front making those war bonds. Well, war, war films and um, doing USO tours and entertaining people at the Hollywood Canteen and, you know, all the things that stateside movie stars did. Um, but yeah, I mean, back in the day, he was, he was handsome. 
Um, no wonder Mama liked him. Anyway, um, but yeah, back in in the days of the the studio contract system, yeah, they they worked them like pack mules, and they cranked out tons and tons of films. Yeah, um, whether they were good or not. Well, and and at the time there was no TV to compete with, and radio, while popular, you know, didn't have the visual element to it. Yeah. So um, there were a lot of people, who and people got their news from newsreels. Yeah, newsreels at the time. Uh, so I mean, you might you you might see a serial, a double feature, and a and a newsreel. A newsreel. For one prize, mm-hmm. uh, so you know it's it was a lot of entertainment. Yes, at a time when people didn't have a lot of money, um, and because of rationing, couldn't just take a trip across the country. Mostly, what they had to do was stay home, and that was some of the only entertainment they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, he was a prolific actor. Um, I seem to remember he was in a soap opera. I was thinking the same thing. Um, partial TV credits. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, he was on Falcon Crest and The Love Boat. Everybody was on The Love Boat. Oh, that's true. Uh, Dana okay, it doesn't have a ton of his TV on there. So, but. Opera. But yeah, I mean, he he was a working actor who was paying the bills, and it didn't really much matter, um, you know, what his what the part was. He 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 did it. Um, he was in a soap opera called Bright Promise. Hmm, aired from 1969 it. to 1972. With a bunch of people, I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking it seemed like he had been in a soap, mm-hmm. like a daytime soap. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want to rate it? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give this one two stars. It's it's um, it's overly melodramatic and the finale where the piece of the crust breaks off and it just becomes this swirling bright spot in the sky as I yeah I know I, I it's I, I liked revisiting it just to you know for that bit of nostalgia but otherwise it's 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 nothing you know it wasn't worth the four dollars I spent on it <laughs> Yeah, because I had to, I had to rent it from Apple. Yeah. And you? Um, I tend to agree. I'm giving it a, a stretched um, to um, literal hell holes in the Earth's crust because okay. that's what it looks like. When it go when you go like there's magma, it's like yeah. flowing right. liquid melted rock and fire, and right. it looks like what one would imagine hell to be. Um, and sitting through it was kind of kind of the same. 
But the visual effects for the time were just stunning. Well, yeah. Um, oh, come on. That's funny. Yeah. It, it, it's... It was not a good movie. It was not a good movie. It was not... Um, I'm... A little bit of a side, though. Terribly sorry. It's okay. Um, I've made you sit through things you didn't like, so it's fine. Um, two stars from both of us. I'm not really sure when we've... Um, although that clown thing we both agreed was oh, a big yeah. stinker. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting bit of trivia. I knew that I recognized the name of the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And I thought I recognized it from here locally. Well, I did a little digging, and I did recognize it. Um, the name of the screenwriter was John Manchip White, J-O-N, mm-hmm. and the middle name is M-A-N-C-H-I-P, like Manchip. Yes, like Manchip Dip. Or, or Manchip Ice Cream. Ew. Like chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah, but no. Yeah. Um, anyway, John Manchip White wrote the screenplay for this film, and um, he eventually ended up, he, he was from Britain originally, he eventually ended up right here in Knoxville, Tennessee, faculty at the University of Tennessee in the um, English creative, creative writing. writing department, and retired from there, and the reason I knew his, his name was because he had written pieces for a little local independent paper that we had that I loved and will always miss called the Metropulse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I recognize that name from somewhere. And, um, and I went and did a quick Google. I'm like, I did remember correctly. So yeah, so there's that. I wonder if your brother knows this guy. I'm or sure. knew this guy. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Just an interesting little bit of uh, trivia, I thought, um, because as we know, all roads lead to Knoxville, Tennessee, eventually, as the Simpsons told us in the Wig Sphere episode, mm. um, where it was, you know, the Sun Sphere, but mm-hmm. actually they called it the Wig Sphere, I think. At, anyway. Any, doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't. What have you been reading, watching, uh, listening to? Okay. Full disclosure, talking about back in the old studio contract system where people churned out tons and tons of material, whether it was any good or not. Okay. I have done a thing. I started a book this past week by an author I never expected to read, and from the sheer volume of their work, on library shelves across the world far and wide I was a little bit skeptical about the quality because it seems like every morning when I go into work and I unlock my little library branch door it is like the James Patterson's have multiplied like bunnies okay it's like just it's like and I'm like, how can somebody and their and their team of ghostwriters yes, and collaborators? He, he's always got a, a co-writer yes. on all of his books. Um, he does now. Um, but how could somebody who churns out that much stuff be writing anything that's any good? So I'm like, I've just never read a Patterson until this past week. Um, and to be fair. Dolly Parton's name is above James Patterson's on the book 
Jacket. Mm -hmm. So it is uh, a novel co-written by Dolly Parton and James Patterson called Run, Rose, Run. It came out either early 2022 or late, late 2021. Um, but I've got to say, I've liked it so far and I'm about halfway through with it. It, it has moved quickly. Um, Dolly Parton is more than just a name on a book jacket because there's a lot of stuff in here about Nashville and about music mm -hmm. that um, she would have had to have actively contributed um, and you know not just like this is not some you know yokel just doing basic research this is stuff that she would know and it's in the book and it's the story of a young woman um, who's got a guitar, a voice, and a dream, and she is running from her past, and she has run to Nashville, and she's like, she's been paying her dues, doing the dive bar scene and stuff, and um, an older, retired, more seasoned, queen of country music type person takes her under her wing, and um, it's been a really engrossing story so far. I'm, I am totally invested in the two protagonists that we've met and I'm very eager to find out what the secrets are. Mm -hmm. One of the secrets has has been revealed but there's more to come so mm -hmm. but I'm digging it. All right. I am. You're loud. I can't help it. I mean I asked on my Facebook you know how judgy are y'all about stuff people read and they're like well oh I would never judge someone over what they read and, and a, a few people were honest and said yeah I'd like to say I don't judge people on their you know tastes in books but yeah I totally do it um, a friend and former music teacher of mine said um, I, I don't unless they're only reading the same genre of romance novel and nothing else yeah and i i commented i'm like lord i haven't read read a bodice ripper since junior high and she's like i would be surprised to hear if you had so um so anyway that's what i'm reading now and i'm i'm winding up the last couple of weeks of uh boot camp i'm pretty much on schedule i'm mm -hmm. a couple of days ahead so mm -hmm. um so that's me all right uh, have what you about watched you? anything? I've been watching I've been watching um, a Canadian television show, a CBC production from a number of years back called Burden of Truth. It stars Kristen Croik, who you would remember as Lana Lang from Smallville. Uh, Smallville. Yes. Um, she's gorgeous, you would remember if you ever saw her. Um, and some other people. She's an attorney, and um, her basic deal has been um, the little corporate lawyer who ends up, you know, getting involved in cases that are unwinnable and winning them. So, but it's been really well written, good casting, good acting, um, really good. And so I'm several. I'm more than halfway through. I'm halfway through season three now and there were four seasons so um it's been good okay and you're watching that on i'm watching that on hulu hulu um we started the new season of only murders in the building oh my gosh um and i have to be honest this season is starting a bit slow it's a little slow um uh, i think the mixing of um uh, oliver uh, trying to get this play off the ground along with the murder along with a personal romance 
um, along with Mabel's um, issues about being 29 and not having anything figured out, that's a lot to throw into the first three episodes. Yeah. Um, any one of them, you know, along with the murder, would have probably been... Enough to focus uh, on. Yes. and But instead, we've, we've got all this stuff coming together. Pinging around like a pinball machine. Um, but I have faith that this, this will... Congeal. Uh, it'll all make sense. And yes, congeal as we get further along and get deeper into the mystery. Meryl Streep sings, though, so that's good. Yes. Meryl, um, I mean, I know she was, uh, she was in um, that ABBA movie. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. The Mamma Mia's, because there was yes. a sequel. She, I don't think she was in the second one. Oh, I don't know. I think she was, her character died. Oh, I don't know. Um, but she, I mean, I know she's recorded this stuff in a studio and, and they're, she's lip syncing, but she has a lovely voice. She can sing. The girl can wail. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not as invested in it this time Yet. as much as I was the last two seasons but I, I'm sure it will pick up for me. Yeah we'll see where it goes. Um, and um, we've been watching a, an ID program uh, through um, Discovery, Discovery Plus. Plus called Sex and Murder. Um, the first season actually had some sex in it. The second season has been a bit slow in the sex department. Um, I mean, it it's like, you know, a couple that meets for the first time uh, through a dating app or uh, in one episode it would involve two porn stars uh, who decide to have this fling that leads to another guy getting murdered. Um, and, you know, but, you know, usually somebody's cheating on their wife or They're something. deviant. They're, or yeah, they're, they're somehow kind of deviant, uh, or at least they engage in things that many would consider beyond the norm. And then there have been ones where... Nothing. They're just a married couple. Yeah. And nobody's cheating. Somebody's stealing. But... Um, and, you know, it, it, I like a little filth in my filth. And there, Not enough sex in your there's murder. Not, there's not enough sex in my sex and murder. Poor Stan. So, I mean, we'll probably watch some more of it. But because the cases are interesting regardless. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would, I, if, it, if you're going to call it sex and murder, give me some sex. Noted. That, that, that came out a little wrong. But, uh, yeah, uh, if you're going to call your show Sex and Murder, there should, somebody should be having sex. There should be that component, yes. Otherwise, yes. the title is sort of a bait and switch. It's just murder, which, fine, but... Don't get me all jacked up about something that's not a thing. Yeah, don't, don't get me all torqued up and then not deliver. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been watching that. It's, it, it's fine. Um, just not enough sex for Stan. Just, well, and it's fine. Um, 
So, anything else? Uh, no, it's my turn next week. Mm-hmm. And as no we idea. Know, neither of us have a clue when we get to this point in the show. I don't know. Sometimes week. I do. Well, and there, I've got a couple of things, you know, behind my ears sort of right. percolating back there. So. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. If you would give us a follow on Spotify, that would help us out a lot. Share us with your friends on social media. Uh, and if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, uh, give us the name of what it is and why you think we should watch it and send that in an email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. I'm Stan the Movie Man. That's Maude the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. later.